Oh, shut up. We're on air. <laughs> what is up, everybody? And welcome into the DNVR Nuggets podcast. Let's go. Thank you. Well, we're on time. Adam keeps giving me referendums on the energy, and then all I do is meet people that tell me how much they love listening to me. Your energy, your energy on Sunday was fantastic. Good, great energy. No, I did Very drunken energy. Oh, the drunk oh. ass. <laughs> oh. Uh, we're presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Use promo code DNVR when you sign up. You place all your bets. Have a good time. Uh, I got Harrison Wind in the house, fresh off of a little weekend getaway. Yeah. Uh, I was in Houston. I don't know if I described that as a getaway. It was <laughs> kind of a trip. Okay. Uh, shockingly cold in Houston this weekend is all I can say. Shockingly cold. Yeah, man. Who thought Houston was the windiest place on earth? Maybe it was just because I was there. I brought the wind. I do. But I do. Oh, my God. <laughs> surprisingly windy in Houston. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but the good news is the good news is uh i'm back and we were at a nuggets practice today i think for the first good time Lord. since november 17th that's true man that's I, the last time like i attended a nuggets practice so insane man and then the practice went short it's crazy that they we had to practice and there's like clearly not that much to work on <laughs> everything looks good we're good here guys uh i got d line co in the house what's up guys um Man, the Nuggets practice. I, I was watching the Nuggets. Are you surprised they that teams practice anymore? Yeah. No, I'm surprised. I, it's such a strange concept. Like NBA teams never practice. This nope. is like something that you like. I mean, I just never had thought about until I got engrossed in this ridiculous right. world. But like, what? <laughs> they don't practice. <laughs> they do like walkthroughs where they'll put in the plays for that game. You know, I mean, when I say put in the plays, they have like their plays they always go to, but they'll put in the like, hey, we're going to run it like this tonight, or here's how they defend it. So here's how we're, we're going to call this this tonight. Yeah, we're going to do this or that. But I mean, that strategically speaking, it's not, you know, that's, that's not like as much as you would think. They're not. No. Every touch the so line. Like, we missed or... 23s last night. We right. got 20 suicides yeah, today, boys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely not like that. Um, what do you think Jeff Green would say to that? Like, no, thanks. <laughs> what? Yeah, Jeff Green would just say, no, thank you. Um, but there are a lot of interesting things to get to. Obviously, Bull Bulls having surgery. The saga has just taken a bizarre turn. Uh, one nice thing about being at the arena today is you get to, you know, Pull some guys aside and say, hey, what the hell's going on here? Maybe get um, just a little bit of perspective, as I would say. I, don't, I can't really tell you I know what's going on, but at least some perspective to share. And then we're also going to talk about some comments from Aaron Gordon, some comments from Nikola Jokic in the post game, as well as some important news from around the association, guys, mm. that I feel like is maybe it's flown under the radar. Wow. These last three days has flown way under the radar, but I think it actually frames, to me, the entire season in a good way for Denver, oh. in a very, very, very good way for Denver. Like uh, first, we have a gift. Should we open gifts first? Yeah, man. Listen. Uh, we had a fantastic weekend. I don't we know if you guys noticed. We had a We had a beyond weekend. fantastic weekend. Was it we because got... Harrison was gone? <laughs> uh, I, I mean, in that... Uh, using the scientific method, I can't rule it out. That's, we can't rule it out <laughs> until we have another one that he's a part of. We can then, con then we compare can like, and wow, contrast. Yeah. Um, it should have been terrible. The Nuggets got absolutely uh, mollywopped, as the children say. Yeah, they did. Um, the children say that it was bad. <laughs> they, yeah. Everything was bad except for every other part. Yeah. All the people were great. Uh, the vibes, as uh, you could probably imagine, were immaculate. They're fantastic. We met so many wonderful people. The people that we see to every day in the chat, um, Jen. 
Yeah. Uh, at the general. Jen the general. Uh, who is a uh, teacher, I believe. Came Shout with out teachers. Husband, uh, gave us a gift, um, which is, first off, we got this cowbell. Oh, has, wow. On one side, it has uh, Nikola Jokic. I don't know if you're familiar. We should, that you bell should it? become a part of this. Yeah, I think it's right. Like, instead do, of air horn, you, you are now the, a bellsman. I'm the bellsman. <laughs> but you also need to go, let's go. Maybe like for the Munder Bell or something. For whom the bell tolls, it's me. Uh, she That's gave like us a, dark a towel. I, what, it doesn't matter. <laughs> We've got a, ta- a Left towel. over from the playoff run. Oh, wow. Is that a Colorado <laughs> Honda's towel? A whole oh, bunch of candy. Yeah. I'm definitely going to eat that. Okay. Uh, yeah, the Colorado yeah, Honda edition. Um, and then a nice note, a magazine, and some stickers. Uh, we are touched. Oh, oh, wow. Thank you, Jen. Really appreciate it. Thank we also you so got, much. Um, we love gifts. Everything on our set is a gift. Yeah, we're easy to I please. I would say... Nikola Jokic right here was a gift. Both, yes. both the literal sign and also Jokic himself. I would say yeah. I, I also am a, am a gift, wouldn't you say? <laughs> I think you are um, a gift. So we got... And then also, Eric... Um, Eric Weiss, who's a longtime uh, homie. Oh, he's first ballot. First ballot, uh, the number one owner of uh, shirts from DNVR, gave us a bottle of Rakia. And we drank most that of That is our preferred <laughs> gift, if we're being completely honest. So uh, Rakia. Uh, all, all the homies came out. Uh, people dressed up. Um, Honestly, I, I, we saw some one person um, that attended that was up in Reddit said it was one of his favorite Nuggets experiences ever. Yeah. And the Nuggets lost by 23. Yeah. So just to tell you how fun it was, it... More yeah. than canceled that out to bring it up here to like a top <laughs> topic of Nuggets yeah. experience. Um, so next time we do one of these, you guys definitely want to check it out. I think these things are going to grow. I think everybody that came is going to is going to come back again. Yes, uh, of course. Time. Why wouldn't you? Like, I, I, we had like two that. party buses last time. I want four port party Whoa. buses next <laughs> time. I want four of them. There you go. Uh, <laughs> yes. All right. Well, the people I wanted to kind of update on that, but I want to keep it moving because the people here want to know about the Nuggets news today. And I want to start. We're going to get to the Bull Bull Saga part of this in a, here in just a second. Okay. I want to set the table, though. The Nuggets did have practice today. You had an opportunity to speak with Michael Malone. What were sort of your takeaways, Harrison, from from talking with him at practice today? Yeah, I feel like Michael Malone's in a pretty good mood, all things considered. One thing that's been a theme to the Nuggets season and to Michael Malone's comments throughout the season is that He's trying to put perspective on the year. And I've heard him like more than any other season, maybe just because the Nuggets are more injured right now than they ever have been. And and that says a lot for a team that's had a lot of injuries through his time here. But, you know, he has always been referencing how, look, we're in a pretty good spot. We're in fifth or sixth or whatever they're in in the West right now. Uh, We're in a pretty good spot halfway through the season. We've heard him talk about, a lot this season, how few home games they've played, how few, how, how many injuries they've had, how they've had to fight through so much adversity. And look, part of me is like, it's a lot of excuses uh, for a team that hasn't really used excuses in the past. Um, but another part of me is thinking he's right. Like this is the, their reality. So it's interesting because this was one of George Carl's comments on the Keeping It 1000 podcast. Now, George, you know, no, he's not shy about throwing barbs. He's Definitely not shy not. about criticism. In fact, I would say he dives right into controversy. <laughs> I would uh, say he prefers, prefers it. And prefers <laughs> it, and, and including and maybe even especially with the Denver Nuggets. So take this with a grain of salt. But I was surprised when he brought this up to me. He said, man, I just keep hearing excuses from Malone and the organization. They just keep bringing it up. He's like, it's not that they don't, they're not right. It's just that you'd rarely hear guys talk about it this much. And I, when I was hearing it, 
I was like, I haven't noticed that that match. I think he actually told me he said something like, I think your ears don't always hear everything or something like that. Like you throw a little barbit. Selective <laughs> listening. He's criticizing you. everyone, even me in this, in this instance. Yeah. But honestly, from the moment he said that, maybe my ears have been opened a little bit more. And it is funny. I do hear it a lot, including in the pregame of this last game, Malone talking about, oh, we got the Utah Jazz tonight on a back-to-back. Again, well, like, I was going to bring this up. up today on the radio. On Altitude Radio, Michael Moan was on for his weekly segment, and he's called the Jazz loss a scheduled loss. Right. said three games in four nights. We have a scheduled loss. So, like like I just said, on one hand, yes, he, he's right. That is the reality. You know, the Nuggets are living in. And look, the Nuggets smoked the Lakers right. uh, three nights ago, then lose the Jazz on a back-to-back, then the Jazz lose on a back-to-back to right. the Lakers right. last night. Right. The reality of the NBA is it's like a rest Olympics. Like whoever well, yeah, just has the most rest is in the best chance to win. But on the other side of that, the Nuggets have had a great record on back-to-backs in the past. Right. They've won all these games where they shouldn't have. The seven, the back-to-back in Milwaukee a couple years ago. They haven't used those as excuses in the past. So um, I can... I can see what George is talking about a little bit. <laughs> well, can I just say, please? Like, it's sometimes people need perspective. <laughs> like it, it, like the the concept of an excuse is just like so deeply, uh, or it's just looked down upon so much in sports for you know for obvious reasons. But like these, these are legitimate things that are being said. Like I, the the Nuggets are in a place where people are coming at them and like really criticizing them in a way that is not in keeping with the way that the season is actually going. It's not actually looking at like the total picture. And so we know we see this all the time where we'll be in a loser's line for like, dude, I don't know what to tell you. They just, they lost, like they lost right. the game. They're we're missing Jamal Murray. There's like a lot of things there, a lot of factors that um, just are, can't be ignored when you're talking about the season. And a lot of people aren't following the nuggets that closely. So for me, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so but, it's not, it doesn't bother me when the head coach says stuff like that. I'm going to push back in this one way. Just Some of this playing devil's advocate, but some of this is I don't really know where I side on this specific topic. We're going to have to see how the season plays out. A little behind the scenes on this, guys. Players, or actually really coaches, are never speaking to the media to speak to like answer their questions. Almost never. The Almost. bad ones are. The bad ones are. That's why we get Popeye Jones up there. He doesn't know what he's doing. He starts answering questions. Like, what's going on here? You're answering bro, the bro, question. Bro. I want Yogesh to marry my daughter. Like, hold on, man. Like, you're, you're, Me too, but yeah, I wouldn't say yeah, that. Let's, uh, let's pump the brakes here. Co- but Mal- Michael Malone is first team all understands what the media is about. Yes. Like he, he knows, and it's frustrating sometimes when you actually want an answer. But Malone knows how to sort of wag the dog on, on these types of things. That's why, to me, I would agree with you in spirit if it was like, but who is he speaking to? That's the real question. Most of the time, Michael Malone is speaking to his own team through the media. That's the way you do it. You go out there and you're like, hey, my team needs to hear this or we need to know this. Or maybe you're speaking to management. You know, like I remember Malone a while back, you know, there's some people in this organization that don't value toughness the way I do. And I'm going to play guys that are tough. Like sometimes these comments are always have another motive. And that's why I wonder why this year it does feel like the team is he's bringing those things up. And I'm thinking, who is he telling? Is he feel like his job is on the hot seat and he needs like the media army to have his back? Is he trying to calm his team down? Or is, and that's the thing I'm, I, I look at this and I'm like, who is that message for? And that's why I don't know if it's needed. I mean, look, is the media and your experience in Denver like this year, is the media saying, oh, Denver has underperformed expectations relative to what's handed to them? I don't think they have. No, I don't think anybody has. I think what I'm saying, I think he's talking to the fans. 
You think fans have though? No, yeah, I I, I agree. I think some of it like, is is putting signals to the fan base for sure. Because there are a lot of things. I, there's a lot of like fire Malone. There's a lot of like people losing perspective of. The, he doesn't see hard, that though. It, I, don't I don't think, think he sees that. That's like Reddit. I don't know. Bro. But I think I think he, he because he also said this at practice today because typically at this point in the season the Nuggets over the last three years have been in the top four in the West. Yeah. Right now they're not. And if a fan just looks at the standings based on the last couple of years and this year, they think, oh, they're underperforming. Yeah, they're, but they're bad. the reality is they've had all these things go on, the injuries, COVID, blah, blah, blah. So I, th- I think part of that is a, sh- a shout to the fan base saying yeah. we're okay Yeah, like don't because jump we've ship, had man. to go through all this stuff. Don't jump ship. Like d- Don't yes. lose faith. Like there, there are reasons why things are not going as you might. Uh, have expected them to and there's a good chance you have not been able to watch the Nuggets play so if you're just looking <laughs> at the box score and like just you're just you're like oh the Nuggets lost again what a bunch of goddamn losers fire Malone like I hear this stuff all the time so I don't for know me, I, yeah I get it I get it I just don't know if that message is I don't know needed or whatever and I do think that what a team needs from this point going forward because the Nuggets have gotten relatively healthy now there is mm-hmm. we talked about this it does feel a little bit like Phase two of the season is starting right now. And I do feel like phase two needs to be a, hey, this is where we make our move. No excuses. We have enough to win. Let's start getting better and better. And then when Jamal gets back, we're, the foundation has been laid for us to really blast off. So I, it's just a small note. We probably spent too much breath on this, to be yeah, honest. But is it, it, is an, it is an interesting thing that it does. My ears are, are sort of peaked on this. It's, listen, it, it is the ultimate storyline for the Nuggets this season, truly. It's what the nuggets are what they are perceived to be yeah. are like it feels and what they much, could become and in what they could become February or March. Yes, th- this season is the season of purgatory as we've mentioned but it's just it's hard to keep that perspective like because it sucks to watch them lose in what months february or march all right i think it's another windism a windism? Fe- February. Oh, Feb- Feb- February. February. <laughs> February. <laughs> but the way being Bates like, I always point February. Well, who, uh, frankly, who wouldn't? <laughs> <laughs> you're not like, oh, oh man, I love that. You're like, man, you you talk dumb. February. <laughs> it's a, a tough word to say. It's February. Tough, tough. But the the, boy, February, the, the largest February. point February. here is just keep like it's just this is a keep the faith. Like just yeah. keep the faith. Like stick with us. Just believe in us a little bit. Like things have not gone how you expected. They've certainly not gone how we expected. Yeah. Um, but. You know, I don't you know. They've kind of gone how I've expected. Michael Porter Jr. was the number. <laughs> we were expecting at the beginning of the year that Michael Porter Jr. would be the that number is two true. option. Well, yeah, keep it moving. What else that from practice today, Wind? Um, what else from practice? I'm going to save the bowl stuff because we'll get into that in a second. We talked to Bones Highland today. Yeah. Oh. I love that dude more every time I see him. <laughs> He's Man, great. so funny. He's the vibe master. <laughs> Bones is the ultimate where you're like, you know what? He needs to work on his passing. This is where I can't wait to talk to him. Then you talk to him disarmed. And you're like... He's he perfect. Like, he can do whatever he wants. <laughs> yeah. So, so charming. <laughs> one you watch him play one on one. He had a move uh, today against Stephen Graham <laughs> playing one on one that, like, Stephen Graham almost fell over. Stephen Graham, very good one on one player. He almost fell over. But if any average Joe was playing to- two torn ACLs trying to card both <laughs> on this one move he did, I was like, holy crap. Yeah. That was something. Guys, guys go deep into their bag when it's practice. You know, like in a game, everybody plays a little conservative. Yeah. When you see guys in a one on one practice, it's like, they're trying the crazy little stuff that you're like, why? And they make it look so easy. You're like, why totally. don't you try that in a game? Totally. One interesting thing that Bone said today. Remember the ankle injuries that he had? That wasn't even that long ago. What was I, that? A couple weeks ago where yeah. he was spraining an ankle every game? Yes. He said today that he's required to wear ankle braces on both ankles now. 
the team has mandated that he wears two ankle braces, mm. one on each leg, wow. one on each ankle for Jeez. every single game. His ankles have been healthy since. I think he started wearing them. Knock on wood. So that's good. But those were giving him a lot of trouble earlier this season. Um, but he's he's adjusted you know, some things to, to prevent that from happening. I thought that was interesting. He had some good things to say. He even talked about the travel. I mean, I was eager, obviously, to ask him about that because I've been talking about it so much, about how he's had like his mom fly out for a few little stops on a road trip. Yeah. For the most part, he's solo on those. And I just don't think people realize that. I mean, think of how often you are alone on the road or just like, you know, this, especially this year, it, it is a different thing. So being home like this. He well, also in college, cool. when you go out on a road trip, I don't know how every conference does this. In the Pac-12, you play a game Thursday and then Saturday. Yeah. So the max you're on the road for is Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, like four days. Yeah. In the NBA, that's like the sh- a two-game road trip. Right, right. And think of how many long road trips Nuggets have already had. So he's... He's traveling for longer than he ever has. Right, no doubt about it. I but the number one takeaway I had from really from the whole, every, seeing everybody practice, but also in in particular Bones. You know, we worry about some of the ups and downs of the season. Where's he at? I think Bones is in a great place. Yeah, like, he seems like he's in a very confident. Like, you know, I, yeah. again, this is part of why I feel like this is going to be such a big stretch for him. Is I feel like he's he is comfortable. There was probably some moments of discomfort over the last month, but I feel like right at this very moment, he's in a comfortable spot. And some other uh, house. Keeping stuff, Marcus Howard back from the G League, back after a two-game stint with uh, Grand Rapids. Austin nice. Rivers sounds like he's going to be playing tomorrow. He recovered from that non-COVID illness, and Jamichael Green's still in COVID protocols, so I don't think he's going to play. Okay, okay, good to know. Uh, why don't we hit a break on the other side? Let's get into this bowl bowl story, which is uh, a new piece to it. I have some interesting thoughts on it, um, and, and we'll kind of go back and forth about what all of this means. Bowl, of course, electing to have surgery on his foot. Breckenridge Brewery, the official <laughs> beer of DNVR. Yeah, quick tone change there. <laughs> no, I got a little bit of the beds there. <laughs> uh, if you guys are in the area, stop into the bar. We've got Breck Brew on tap. We've got the Breck Brew Seltzers here as well. If you're not in the area, stop by your local liquor store. Stop by your local grocery store. They've definitely got Breck Brew there. Uh, Breck Brew is teaming up with the National Parks Conservation Association this year. Uh, The tragic fires in Colorado were devastating uh, for so many last year. Uh, This is one of the reasons that Breck Brew is donating 1% of all their profits to the National Parks Conservation Association. So uh, check them out. And again, if you're in the area, stop into the bar. We've got Breck Brew on tap. We've got the Breck Brew Seltzers, which are just awesome. Uh, So if you're in the area, check that out. Also, uh, Ball, if you want to work at Ball, they've got opportunities. They've got openings at their golden plant. They're looking for production technicians. If you want more info, jobs.ball.com and search for Golden or text Golden to 77222. The position is on the front line of their aluminum beverage can production process. They offer a competitive $27.39 per hour wage. It's a nice wage. (laughs) Worth potential for increases at 6, 12, and 18 months on the job. People are what make Ball special. People at every level come into work each and every day at Ball and give 100% to accomplish the goals. The production techs are the front line in Ball's can-making operation. So if you want more info, jobs.ball.com and search for Golden or text Golden to 77222. All righty, perfect. Segment two here, DNVR Nuggets podcast, D-Line and Harrison with me. So Bull Bull gets traded to the Detroit. If I give you guys a, a timeline of events here, Bull Bull Please. gets traded to the Detroit Pistons. 
All of a sudden, a couple of days later, the trade out of sight, out of mind. We just assume it's done. You know, sure. I mean, 99.9% of the times trades are done. All of a sudden, it's like, no, canceled. The Detroit Pistons, for medical reasons, did not like something. Uh, then we get back to Denver. We had heard this, and we talked about it behind the scenes. The Nuggets disagree. There's nothing wrong. You know, every, everything should be fine. The Pistons disagreed for whatever reason. They had a history of this. Michael Malone comes out and just says, we think Bull Bull is healthy. We believe he is healthy. And then today, it is announced that Bull Bull is go- has elected to have surgery. Saw every every flavor of take, you know, today thrown thrown at us. You know, is this a, a indication that the Denver Nuggets medical staff is incompetent? Uh, you know, what how, what could this mean? Did they miss something? Did they miss this or that? My answer, as I start us off here, is maybe. I mean, we don't know. Like, we really there's a lot of things, there are a lot of layers to kind of peel back here. But what I will say is not necessarily meaning not. I don't think you can draw the line straight line from there to here. And what I mean is. Zion Williamson is in an interesting situation right now, and he maybe provides a little bit of a template for this in that the team came out and said he's good to go, right? Like all summer, like here he is. We see that he's massively overweight, and all of a sudden it was, oh, he had this injury in the offseason we didn't tell anybody about. Well, why didn't you mention it? Did you guys not know? Then he comes in and it's like, oh, no, actually, he's, he's going to be back in a week. Then it was, oh, no, he's not. He's actually out for extended periods. So you see sometimes what's going on, and I could speak to the Zion situation of, that has a lot to do with Zion has been very disconnected from the Pelicans organization from the start. Not too dissimilar, I think, from Bull Bull, from everything you know that we've seen and heard. Been a little bit disconnected from from the get go about you know his, his fit on the team and minutes and this or that, whatever. Maybe getting advice from other people. Zion then you know with the team not being on the same line, and then of course the team saying we want you to make decisions for your health that you feel are best. We have our professionals. This is what they advise. And then sometimes people will get another opinion that says, hey, they're telling me to do something else. My understanding of the situation is it falls on the ladder. The situation that with the foot was one that Denver thought this is not an issue medically, you know, that is going to affect you. And similar to the Michael Porter situation, sometimes surgery can be a negative thing. You get a surgery, it could be bad actually for you. You don't get a surgery, you know, sometimes it's like surgery, maybe that's best, maybe it's not, but maybe it's worse actually. It can actually be worse. My understanding is maybe it's a situation like this where there is some area, some gray area. Team believes one thing, but they support whatever decision he makes. He felt one way until Detroit said something, and now maybe he is feeling a little bit different way or his advisor is feeling a little bit differently. This is my understanding of it from like a broad strokes, or at least I don't, I don't really say this is what's happening. This is, I think, a, a possibility based on some of the information we have about Bull Bull. Man, there's a lot there. There's a lot there. <laughs> Dude, I can't even understand any of this. Here, I think here's like one thing we definitely know. Denver's view of Bull's foot and wh- whatever – medical opinion they had about him is different from what Detroit thought once they did imaging and an MRI or whatever extra whatever they did on him the two teams had different opinions correct of of his imaging and if he should get surgery if he if he should play on it like blah 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 Denver thought he could play he hasn't been on the injury report all season I think not only did Denver think they should play I think they thought not like he could play but like it's best for for him to to that this is an injury that you know, yeah. with, that you can improve with straight training or this or that better than like a surgery or this or that. Yeah. And Detroit looked at it and allegedly, I mean, I think there's going to be more to this story that comes out. And sure. I don't think Denver's going to look good at the end of it, even though it might not be the Nuggets fault. Right. Um, but Detroit <clears throat> apparently looked at it and said, no, nah, like right. we this is not kosher. Um, right. He's he, he's not good to play. And 
it sucks because look, if you're a seven foot two guy, if you're a big man, the last thing in the world that right. you want yeah. is a foot surgery. Right. That is a death sentence for a lot of big men, as as we've seen. We've also seen a lot of big men recover from it. Kevin Durant, like you can get back from it, but uh, he's already had a foot surgery. This is on the other foot, uh, but it's for it's him, not good for his future. I do wonder, like, if this is the right move. You know, he wants a contract next year. He wants to be on a team, on a contract. And now it is a guy coming off of two yeah. foot surgeries, which I feel a little weird. But, you know, the Pistons in general, you know, kind of put him in that type spot but with, with how they did this. So um, his career, I think, actually takes a big question mark. From and point I was going to get to that from, like, if you're the Pistons, man, you might have just ended this guy's career. Like, yeah. to be totally honest, to say he failed a physical and the next step that you know, his camp took because I'm sure they're worried about like, is he going to be able to pass a physical with another team if he gets traded? Right, right. You know, is he just stuck here? So this is obviously the route they felt they had to go after the physical was failed. And to do that, to kill a kid's career potentially over like the 55th pick in the second round, it's tough. Like it's a tough look for Detroit, I think, but I think the Nuggets are going to come out of this looking looking pretty bad, like I said, even though it might not be their fault. What, one final <clears throat> piece to all this, when people think, like, whose fault are, are, are all this? And again, like, I really don't know. I'm not saying this as in, like, sometimes I'll say, like, hey, I don't know, but I know I'm just trying to, like, lead, you know, I can't report it on a source. This one I legitimately don't know, you know, all, like, exactly where all of, to, to credit this or that. But I know with, with Zion, one of the issues was, okay, you got some, like, lower body injuries, one really important part of this is strength training and, and diet. Like you need to make sure. Yeah. And of course, Diane did not do himself or the team any favors by not putting himself in the best position. We don't know with a bull bull situation. Maybe there's something similar there. Like, Hey, there's a foot injury. Here's how you get it better. You got to work on these muscle groups that are going to take weight off of that. And maybe over time it, it wasn't addressed. So my whole point of saying this is the team may end up sharing and it come to light. Hey, uh, some blame. Like, how did you miss this? You know, this is a big thing. Or maybe it's not that they missed it. It's like, hey, well, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't yeah. make them drink in terms of like how we feel was best to address this. So or maybe it's and most likely it's some combination of sure. all of these pieces to it. The, the, the part about this is, that is most confusing to me as a layman and a moron is that uh, he appears to walk just fine. I've seen no issue. I mean, are well, they saying that pe- they're, they're, yeah. they're looking at something that they see potential that it looks weak to them and then it could be hurt in the future. I mean, Bull Bull is clearly not hampered by this at all. Like in the, the if they're saying that he has been playing in a compromised way, like I've not, I mean, potentially maybe it, it uh, makes it so he doesn't know where the boundary of the uh, court is. So he steps out of bounds every time. <laughs> but I mean, seriously, it's so, it's, it, this is like so confusing to me. Like, I don't get it. It's confusing because we don't know exactly why the physical was failed. We can assume it was because of the foot, but we don't know what the Pistons saw on the imaging that made them say that, right? It could have been anything. And they were just like, Oh, failed. And we know know, some failed. Some of these, um, some of these like workouts that they put a player through to test them, they're actually pretty, can be strenuous. Not just like your physical where you have to turn your head and cough and they're like, okay, we've just checked everything out. Sometimes they'll make you do like actually athletic exercises to test or strength test to say, Again, similar to we're worried about the foot. How do you respond? How are your quads? What are your strength? Yeah. So who knows? Maybe it could have been something like that where they're like, not only is there an injury there, but we don't feel like his body is ready to mitigate the risk of the injury. I don't know. There's a lot of 
conspiracy theories we could talk Man, about so about the Pistons getting buyer's remorse, but I'm going to save think, that for another here's, time. Here's what I will say. One, we know that the Pistons have done this before. Monte Yunus wasted no time in saying, hey, they did this to me and it ruined my career in the NBA. I had to go overseas to finish my career because nobody wanted to, everybody believed I was like broken. So we know that this has happened in the past. What I will say is Denver, I think, is stuck with Bull Bull. Now you're not trading Bull Bull, the player you get a look at for two, three months. Instead, you're trading Bull Bull, Who's it's just a contract. So Denver likely, if they do keep Bull Bull, you know, it's just a roster spot. Otherwise, they probably have to buy him out and then to open up a roster spot. So it's it's the it, that's going to be the end to a ridiculous saga. Right? Like the, the whole thing, the saga of Bull this season. It's like, oh, you know, can he break into the rotation? Can he be a backup? That was squashed pretty early, and then it's oh, can we trade him? Oh, we have a trade for him. Right, and now he's back on the team, and this is going to end with. Denver having to just wave them. Yeah. Man, the whole, the entire or buy him out. I don't know. Bull is so like bizarre. Like right. every, he is this phenom as a child. You see him, he's like, people do features on him. He's like three or four feet taller than everyone he's playing against. He then makes a, you know, he might finally makes his debut at Oregon. He plays like what, like three games or something? Like seven, yeah. Yeah, like nothing. But it's, I mean, people can't, you know, stop thinking about what, this guy could be like what he possesses he has that like crazy draft night suit and then the fall where everyone thought he could potentially be a lottery pick he falls into the sec deep into the second round denver gets him by buying a pick but they didn't even have a pick that year then ever since we've he's been like part of the nuggets or like organization it's been like super strange like messages coming about uh, about his his conduct like the way that he act, like just the whole thing this whole bull bull story is like the strangest Don't you feel thing. strangest maybe but maybe there's a pattern to it i mean like part of why he dropped in the draft i think what everything we heard was as much about other things the intangible things are off the score as it was about maybe the injury history and so you think like okay and all that stuff proved to be exactly correct. And this is all I'm saying is at a certain point you look at it and you go, well, if everybody's kind of coming up with the similar yeah. reports, then maybe there's something to it. So I wish yeah. Bull Bull the best, but this is a real complication for him. First and foremost, like the Nuggets can handle not having the roster. It'd been great if they could go out and get a Rodney Magruder, but it's like not really going to make that big of an no. impact on the season. Does I'm Rodney Magruder a- get a tribute video? <laughs> <laughs> That's my biggest. I know, we get a Rodney here. Magruder every year. Yeah, but it, but for Bull Bull's career, I do feel like this is one where yeah. you look at it and you go, it's just it's. It's going to be even tougher, in my opinion now, for him to break into the league. Just a little bit tougher, and it was already really tough. Yeah, that's the last thing I'll say on it. This last iteration of the Bull saga, I really feel bad for him. Yeah. I, I really genuinely feel for him because he was going to Detroit in probably the best situation in the league for him to play real minutes and get real playing time, and it was going to be great. Like He's been waiting for this for the last three years now. The last three years, I think he deserves a lot of blame for you know what's happened in Denver and him not being able to get on the court and some of the relationships with the team that have been strained. He's definitely at fault there. But this last episode, I feel for him because he was going to get a real chance and and now it's going to have to wait you know right. until next season. Um, moving on, I want to place a clip that was pretty important here. We're going to start with the Aaron Gordon one uh, from the post game the other day. Some really interesting post game commentary. Uh, in regards to one Nikola Jokic and how he gets officiated, why don't we go ahead and hit play on that, Kale? Yeah, it, it's crazy, man. It's crazy that Yoke doesn't get more free throws. Like, Yoke was three for three from the free throw line. That's unbelievable. I mean, I, I had two two for two from the free throw line. But the fact that Yoke is three for three from the free throw line is just not even right. He's fouled every play. 
you know. Um, obviously, the refs aren't going to call it every play, but they're, they're all over his arms, they're all over his body, they're grabbing him. Uh, he's just not officiated the same way as everybody else, and I, it's not it's not right. Um, I mean, he's a reigning MVP of the league. He's getting three free throws a game, uh, still doing what he's doing. Like, he needs more foul calls because they're fouling. It's, it's not anything – it's not like begging, you know. It's not asking for something that's not there. We're just uh, asking for him to be officiated like everybody else is being officiated because that's 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 not right, man. He's being fouled all the time, so he just he needs more foul calls. Ag, what I like about this one, he's sticking up for his guy, but what I like is I would describe him as exasperated. <laughs> yeah, that seems to be the uh, common place that people come to when they play with Jokic for a while and are ha- asked yeah. to explain why it is that Jokic has three free throws per game when he plays primarily down in the block and uh, ends each game with like literal streams of blood coming from the back of his arms. Um, 25, 15, and 14. And if you look at his shot chart, almost all in the paint outside of like five jump shots. 37 minutes, 25, 15, 40. Like he just lives in the paint. You're like, no, there weren't any fouls in there. Like he just wasn't getting fouled. It's it really is insane. The, I, oh, and it's the worst part about the, the worst part about just being on the side of Nikola Jokic, knowing the truth, and just seeing how other people sort of react to him and the way that he plays, etc. Is like, you know, you'll hear people rumblings from around the league talk. People talking about like, oh, he's so dramatic. He's like begging for calls. Like it's like he's flopping out there, and you're like. God damn, man, you don't get it. Like, right. it, unless this guy does, like, gets it so deep into his bag, his actor bag, and, like, flops around and flails like everybody else in the league, like, the, the refs are just like, eh, it's probably fine. Well, what's funny about it to me, or not funny, what's frustrating about it to me is fouls are designed to be like, there's rules to what you can do, and if you break those rules, then, you know, it's a foul. We want the, we want the game to be played according to the rules. But if you go and just look at every foul call, especially shooting foul, let's specifically shooting fouls, most are not about a player breaking the rule. They're about an offensive player drawing a foul. Yeah. Now, this is a strategy. I'm not trying to take away. It's important. Like I, when I work and train, when I used to like train kids at basketball, but we would work on how to generate contact off of guys getting off balances. That so this is like obviously part of the game. But if you can just go through it on like synergy and hit play all foul calls, most of them are guys throwing their arms in unnatural yeah. positions to draw them. They're guys that are like purposely trying to fall over into a guy or this or that, and it works. The thing about Yoke is he's always actually playing basketball, and right. I think it works against yeah. him. Like, Yoke, yes. the only time he, like, sometimes he'll do a rip through like this or that, uh, and he does draw fouls this way on off-ball fouls. Like, you know, he'll grab a guy's arm to exploit this or that. But as far as shooting, when he's shooting, he's trying to make the basket. Yes. And yeah. that's why he doesn't get foul calls. That's yes. one of the reasons. Dude, like, so the, the whole idea of the foul is that you're not supposed to inhibit a person from being able to make the shot, to, to shoot a basket. Right. Like, in a, like, you're supposed to be able to put your hand up and distract them, but if you physically, all, like, uh, encounter them, then that that's why that's a foul. That happens to Jokic every right. single time he touches the ball. People will hit his arm. He's just strong enough that it doesn't matter. Right. It's the shack effect. It is the complete shack effect. We've been talking about this for years. He's a live oak. He's too strong. Yeah, I know. I was on the list, which hopefully will be up maybe late tonight or early tomorrow morning. I'm watching like he first play of the game. He gets switched with Malik Monk, and Malik Monk's so tiny. I mean, he's so, so his like only goal is to just like lean on Jokic as much as possible. And I'm thinking like Jokic's big enough. He just went right through him. But I'm thinking like if that was reversed and Jokic just had to lean on Malik Monk in the same way, it'd be like 
such an obvious foul. And I'm like, yeah. why is this different? I don't understand it, why it's different, but it is. You're right. It's just a you're big, and most big guys power their way through for points. Yoke's just a super rare example of a big who finesses his way to points. But he gets the negative of both aspects of it because he, he doesn't get the foul dude. part of it. Imagine adding, like, he should be adding another 12 points per game from the free throw line. <laughs> well, so, I, I would say to Aaron Gordon, welcome to the resistance. Right. We've, we've been fighting this battle for six years. So I'm true. glad Aaron Gordon's on board. <laughs> welcome. True. Welcome. Uh, we've got a tough fight ahead of us, yeah. but we're ready. <laughs> Nikola Jokic averages less free throws per game than De'Aaron Fox... Again, yeah, but I mean... DeMontis yeah. Sabonis, Pascal Siakam, and here's the great, greatest one, Kristaps Porzingis <laughs> averages more free throws per game than Nico Jokic. Because you know why? Those guys play out on the perimeter outside of Sabonis. Yeah, Kristaps Porzingis roams around the three-point line yeah, all game, that's how you like get him. baits the ref into two like three-point foul shots per game. That's how you get fouls, man. That's how you get fouls. <laughs> he averages more. Chris has Porzingis. Yeah, more free throws per game. That's than ridiculous. Um, I, do, I really do. You know, Aaron Gordon, though, I am glad he said it. I do feel like Malik Malone saying things like it's just like nobody gives, nobody cares. And I don't really think the Aaron Gordon stuff went viral enough for, for it to have mattered either. So I don't know if it's going to matter, but I do like it. Didn't get he, on NBA today. It didn't It didn't really make a, 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 an impact everywhere. Another quote we have, Nikola Jokic after the game. Let's take a look at this one. Another interesting one. Yeah, I mean, we know that we cannot make shots, and the whole league knows that we cannot make shots. So uh, sometimes uh, we, we make, like last night, and it's easy. You know, sometimes like today, I think we provide a good open shots, but we, we didn't make those. Uh, so it is what it is. We need to live it. Like I said, I think we had a, we, we we were providing open shots. Sometimes we we couldn't make it. Um, so I think I think in, in the most part we were we were good. So this was my hot take when we were doing hot box and hot takes with our fans that were on the party bus and had a fun time. And, and like it's one of those ones I'm kind of just winging it because I didn't know we were going to do that segment. So I'm like, hey, I'll give one. But the more I thought about it, it's like one of those things I said, then I had to think about it. I'm like, you know what? I might be onto something here. <laughs> you should do that with most things you say. Just just talk. Like, and then, think about them at the, some point. Is it Michael Scott? They're like, sometimes I'll start a sentence and I have no idea where I'm going. <laughs> but here's like a... a like, you can honestly think about this. Like, Yoke's having a monster season. I just can't believe how good this dude is, despite the fact, as he says, everybody knows we cannot make shots, so they're just leaving us open. And we're generating open looks, and some nights we hit him and we win by 40, and he's right. Like, the Nuggets have shot the ball well a few times, and in those games, they weren't just like, they squeaked right. one out. They're like, yeah, they won by 40, because yeah. they shot 50% from three. Um, I do think there's hope for reinforcements in the shooting department on the way. I'm just curious what this version of Jokic looks like when you actually have to guard him one-on-one. -on -one. Because even the Gobert, in the moments we saw him in this last game, we've seen Yoke destroy Gobert, but even it's been a grind. I felt like the times he destroyed him in that Utah game were the easiest he's ever had it, where it was like, my God, he is just like not even trying to score on him and he's yeah. scoring on him. So I just feel like there's at least a little bit of hope for, hey, man, a little bit of shooting. And even Yoke's like, just wait. It's going to open up like so crazy. True. Yeah, for sure. I mean, look, if you get Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. back this year, those are two of your best shooters. Right? Elite like, shooters. Michael Porter Jr., by far your best shooter. And if you look at the Nuggets' three-point percentages this season, there's really not a ton of guys who are like having really, really bad shooting seasons. I think it's just mostly because 
Like Denver's three-point shooting is down mostly because you don't have the four threes per game from Michael Porter. Of course. Like you don't have the 40-plus percent that he shoots from three. You don't have the high 38, 39% that Jamal Murray shoots from three. Like, like that's why the Nuggets' three-point shooting is down this season. So if you get one of those guys back, um, Jamal you know, definitely has a, a better shot at, at being a big-time contributor, I think, late yeah. in the season. That's huge. I think at the deadline, the Nuggets will look to add a shooter. Like, does Bryn Forbes get you excited at all? Man, he don't, no, he does. No, he does. Are you yeah. kidding me? Bryn Forbes? Is no, it was a, it was a Bryn, legit question. Bryn Forbes is sort of like the NBA version of Marcus Howard. I know, like, I'm not trying to just, I'm just saying, Bryn Forbes has actually done this at, at the level, but he's very similar in that he can, like, get the shots up at volume. He can run yeah. off a bunch of screens, go right into his jumper, and, and he's a pretty knockdown yeah. guy. I think he's a name to watch for sure. But Eric, let me ask, ask this one Do you feel like Jokic was maybe calling out his teammates here in a way that was negative? Uh, I don't think he's like specifically calling out his teammates, but I think he's just saying what is the truth. He's just saying like, you know, it's, it's another one of these things where you watch these guys talk about a game that was just like so exasperating and terrible. And like, yeah. we all know what the problem is. We look at the bench uh, production. That's like everybody on the bench scored a maximum of two points a piece. Right. And <clears throat> Jokic is, you know, like, especially from his perspective, the guy that prides himself uh you know, maybe not even outwardly, but just like always on making the right play, finding the guy that's open, like cracking the code and then like just having it just not working. That like sucks. <laughs> you know, it's like playing fantasy football. You put all the right players and then they just don't score. You're like, right. okay, well, God damn it. Like right, right. we just need to score. Like I, I'm sure it's in, immensely frustrating for him. Like, because again, like he just understands the game. So on such a different level. And you know, if, if you don't have guys that can complete the, the the play like what is the point of making a great pass like I'm sure it's like yeah super fresh but it's like Harrison said like what are you gonna do I mean like who, is, are you, who, are you, who are you expecting to hit a shot on this well team? honestly now I am Will Barton uh, Bones Highlight because part of this is we're like you know they haven't had Murray they haven't Michael Porter they haven't had Barton for half these games you know for some of these games and then when they've had him like there's been just so many nights where it's like man he does not have any lift but he's shooting around game. like the same percentage he shot from last year though I know but it's on a different I think a different shot profile and also a different necessity like whereas last game Barton if you have a fully healthy team and Barton has an off shooting night right. it's like whatever Murray totally. did Murray did MPJ did Jokic whatever now it's like if Barton had an off shooting night you're like oh, oh. man did Marcus Howard step up for a yep. like, we get three pointers from somebody else tonight so that's my whole point, but um, nonetheless, like even just if you count the games where Bones Highland has been both available and healthy, cross match those with the games that Barton has been available and you know hasn't looked like completely fatigued. Just that, and then talk about Monte. Throw Monte in there. Even that, you go from forty-two games down to probably like twelve. And so that's my whole point: is I think that there is a little bit better shooting to be had from this team when you get everybody together, like they have right now. Like, right now, they're in a moment. And this is why I'm especially interested in tomorrow's game. I think it's one of the most interesting games on the slate for this very reason. Nuggets played this, the Clippers a month ago, and mm -hmm. I thought it was the birth of this new don't like, just double Jokic <laughs> strategy. That for every half team, it was. <laughs> that, the, that the team are just like, okay, we know what to do now. And, and, and you know what? Denver barely won that one. I mean, Denver won by three points. Then they lose to him another time. You get a little practice, and I'm just so curious. One, does Denver have some things built in for, like, here's how we're going to attack this? And two, does Denver just knock down the shots? Because one way you beat that type of defense is you get really hot from three, and all of a sudden everybody's step, stepping out, and Jokic can feast. So tomorrow, I actually think sneaky, sneaky, super interesting game, and yeah, I'm very excited for it. Let's hit a break. On the other side, guys, the big news around the NBA that has gone 
Uh, under the radar. That's a hell of a tease. <laughs> under the radar. We're on to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is celebrating with a huge odds boost for new customers. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, you can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 and get $280 in free bets if your team wins. Uh, not a new customer. You can still get in on the action uh, of the divisional round with same game parlays. What? So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR. That's very important. Use the promo code DNVR. Get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5. Win $280 in free bets. If your team wins, that's promo code DNBR for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NFL must be 21 or older. Colorado only new customers only restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Also, guys, Sexy Pizza, they got a bunch of locations throughout Denver. They've got one on South Pearl. They've got one in the Highlands. Uh, they've got uh, a bunch of locations in Denver, like I said. Delicious pizza, great salads, great sides. If you were at a Broncos tailgate this season, a DNVR Broncos tailgate, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, delicious pizza. Everything they make is really, really good. Uh, so, again, visit one of their locations. They've got four in Denver, Cap Hill, South Pearl, Jefferson Park, and Park Hill. Order up some pizza. They've got great garlic knots as well, uh, salads as well. Uh, so check out Sexy Pizza today. All right, final segment Hell here, yeah. guys. Some things have happened in the NBA over this last week, and I don't think everybody's fully taking inventory of what's oh. going on. I think people are asleep at the wheel. We talk about the Denver Nuggets, their championship window. What does this look like? You season it's been cursed, what have you. Let me just go around the association here. Draymond Green. He's got a little knee pain, guys. He's got a little knee pain. Is it is it a tendon in the knee? Is it um you know is there is there a break in the bone? Let's say actually no. It's reported this weekend. It's actually related to a herniated disc. <laughs> a herniated disc. I'm is an causing, expert in this area. Is causing some knee pain. It's actually it's the nerves through that. So now you look at this and you go, wow, a back injury, and he's not going to be evaluated for a couple weeks. So not only is it is he not playing now, and they're on an enormous slide, by the way, the Golden State Warriors are. But this is now sounding like the MPJ news of, yeah. like, actually that leg thing, it's not a leg thing. It's a back thing. And we hope with some therapy and an injection it works. But if not, we'll have to make an alternative plan. I look at this and I go, no matter what the circumstance, there is a world in which he just returns and is, is 100% healthy. But it looks like if nothing else, they're going to slide in the standings just because they're going to have to play a couple weeks without him. But there's also the herniated disc, man, that's... That's a little bit of a bigger deal. I look at that and I go, Golden State, uh, they just took a massive hit of their title odds, in my opinion, because their road is just going to get harder and harder. And they might be in a situation where we talked about they got clay back early, so they get extra time to work together. Might not be true. It's entirely possible Draymond does not return until Jamal Murray returns, which means that team has the exact same amount of time to gel as Denver will. Mm. And I just feel like that's a pretty meaningful thing. And that's only one example here. Your thoughts, Harrison? <sighs> I mean, it's it's huge. And look, if the Warriors don't have, like, Draymond Green, they're not winning the championship. No, like, right. The Warriors are not the Warriors without Draymond Green. We've seen that over the last couple of games. We saw that up close and personal right. when the Nuggets smoked them 
right. without Draymond Green while Steph Curry was still on an absolute heater. Smoked him and then and then blew it. But yes, <laughs> but they did also. They yes. did smoke him. They did smoke him. Um, yeah. Wow. I didn't remember that. Remember they were up like twenty something and then they blew it all and won barely. <laughs> yeah. But that's kind I'm of. I'm still their... counting that as a smoking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, the Warriors need Draymond Green. And, uh, they are not scary without Draymond Green. No. I'm sorry. The Golden State Warriors, I, I think they're fantastic. I love their style. You take away Draymond Green, there's no Nuggets equivalent to that. Like right. Him and Steph Curry are uniquely like where they – I mean, I guess it's like Jamal. It would be a little bit like losing Jamal. It's it's not because like – They don't work Jokic is almost more Draymond than he is Steph, Yeah, which is a weird thing to say, but like Draymond is – is integral to right. how that team operates My on offense as, as well as defense. So it's it's absolutely massive. Yeah, I do. Uh, I love when stories like this come out. Not because I don't. <laughs> not because I want uh, Draymond Green to be you know to to be suffering, but it just serves uh, another dose of reality of like what it is. Like the NBA is r- really brutal this year. It's wild. Like the I mean it's and. <clears throat> It's. I mean, it sounds trite, but like, there's only five guys on the court at any given right. time. If you have one massively important guy missing, it changes everything in a way right. that's like you can't even like really process when you're watching the game. It just kind of happens, and then later on, you're like, "Man, why do they suck? Normally right. they're good, but now they suck. Why? They're like missing a guy. Like, um, so, but just, but I'm saying like they miss one guy. Like they, they're yeah. on a massive slide. We're, we're missing two. Like. That kind of tells the story of the Nuggets. So I think you're right, though. Without Draymond Green, like the, so the Warriors- West just gets a little bit easier. Let's go, you guys know Brooklyn in the East. I think they're heavy favorites. But now there's news. Kevin Durant, that knee injury he had, it's actually a sprained MCL. He's out four to six weeks before yeah. he gets evaluated. Four to six weeks, that's post-All-Star break. That's another team that just got Kyrie Irving back. Harden has been up in and out. KD back. So this is another team that I look at and I go, yeah, they're on the Jamal Murray timeline. Post-All-Star break is when they're first going to get together and then they're going to have to gel there. So I still think the Nets' upside is is insane Like the, if they're all healthy. But it's just another data point of like, are we sure they're going to be healthy? So to me, I looked at it before and I thought, all right, Phoenix, Golden State, Brooklyn, Milwaukee. There's these teams that are like, man, they're really good. To get to that level, it's going to be hard for Denver. Two of those teams just took a massive hit. hit. And I'll take you uh, one last one. Paul George, supposed to be back sometime this week. Just announced, nope, actually he's out for several more weeks. Could take him all the way to the All-Star break as well. And you're talking about a team that has been hanging by a thread for quite a while now. So... They're another team that is below Denver in the standings, and I thought they're going to be competing for a spot. I look at that now, and I go, I not, you never know what's going to happen, but if they don't have Paul George for another three, four weeks, I have a hard time buying that they're a five-seed a contender for the five-seed. No and if they have to get Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and piece all of this together, same thing in like a couple weeks, mm-hmm. another team that I just look at and I go, yeah, that's not that good. So in my opinion, over the last just like five days, we have seen – Three teams that I would consider contenders, two main contenders and a fringe contender in the Clippers, all see their odds massively decrease. And I just look at that and I go, when I talk to people in the front office, you know, at, at Ball Arena or this or that, and I ask them just about the season, they're like, man, this year is so wide open. I don't think people realize how wide open it is. This week is the year I, I kind of looked at it and I go, man, it really is. Like yeah. a team that gets hot at the end and yep. figures this out quickly can have a Cinderella run all the way to the finals. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking. I think that the Phoenix Suns probably—they're the one team that hasn't faced very much. Of they this at never, all. they never get hurt. They don't get hurt. It's—I I think maybe it's. Uh, 
the weather? <laughs> Every team in the league right now is just holding their breath. You know, yes. that that they don't suffer a major injury. It's right. wild, man. Like I don't, I do not remember, uh, and maybe it's just because I'm an old person, but like I don't remember a season ever being this riddled with people being in and i mean the covid thing obviously well, like, that's probably what happens when you play two seasons in one calendar year for sure <laughs> it's just funny whenever you talk even to other fan bases or if you go and check out some of your famous writers just kind of read their replies from other places everybody has the same conversation and so many teams like you would look at you know you might look at the nets or you might look at the the clippers and think what is their fan base saying and there's a contingent of them that are like we should just punt this year we should just take and you're like wait a second if the teams we picture as being too good are also like woe is us this will never be good that just tells you hey man this is a year where i just think it's a little bit more open than people realize in a very positive way and those injuries this weekend to me i'm like wow those aren't little a herniated disc maybe it's nothing maybe he does come back and it's fine and then they're ready for go but maybe it's not and uh that that's just a pretty major injury the mindset that the nuggets have to have that every other team has to have is like okay let's just get to the last 10 games of the season of right. the regular season. 10 games? Jesus. Yeah. Not very like, many. L- like, that's what <laughs> we need. 15 games. 10 games. <laughs> that might be too much. Like, that might be too much to ask. Uh, let's get to the last three weeks of the season. Let's get everybody healthy. Let's ramp up and make sure we're good to go by the first round. That's really all you can hope for because these injuries can, can come out of nowhere <laughs> You just gotta brace yourself. I think and it's gonna just try to get through it. I think this season there's gonna be a team that right now we look at as a true contender that's gonna be knocked out in the first round, and there's gonna be a team that we're like they just don't have it this year that at least makes the second round if doesn't go even further than that. That we're like, wow, I did not see Miami or I did not see Dallas making it to the Western Conference or maybe the Nuggets. I didn't see them making the conference finals, and all of a sudden yeah. Michael Porter now has 20 games under him in a row. My, Jamal Murray has 25 games under him, and now they're rolling. Yep. I'm just saying it's more more likely than I thought. That's today's show, guys. We're going to be back tomorrow. As I mentioned, we teased it a little bit. This Clippers game, to me, so interesting. I am predicting a Denver Nuggets comfortable win. Okay. I really believe this. A little bit of rest, a little bit of game planning, a little bit of strategy. You're going up against a team you've seen a lot lately. I think this is mm-hmm. a comfortable Denver Nuggets win, uh, and I'm very excited for it because I think it'll be a little bit of a revealing game for the Nuggets. So Love it. we'll be back here with the pregame show tomorrow. It's another night. You guys see the schedule? 8 o'clock game again. Oh! Are they on national TV? I, can't, I guess. There's an 8 o'clock or it might be NBA TV. It's worse when you hit the NBA. You're late for that. And it's not even national. The television. NBA TV late starts are, I I just don't even know. Like I don't like nobody even gets NBA TV. <laughs> Nobody's watching anyway. If you guys don't mind, if you guys are watching this show and you enjoy our God. show, don't forget we are also a podcast. We're also a subscription network, so you can follow all of our written content uh, behind the paywall, becoming a member. But if you could do us a favor, hop on your Apple, hop on your phone, go to Apple Podcast, leave us a five star rating and review. We haven't had one of those for a while, so let's bump those up. Let's make January the month of all these great reviews. Say something nice about Harrison. Something nice about D-Line, you know. Whatever. Compliment those. Guys. Never mind. It's, e- it's ESPN tomorrow. Sorry. Sorry, NBA TV production people. <laughs> National television It's game. ESPN tomorrow. Alrighty. We'll see everybody then. Let's go.